Well, we have prayed, we have rebuked, we have puked, we have loosed. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 2. While you're turning there, I came across this prophecy that Brother Kenneth E. Hagan, again, it's an honor. Thank you, Pastor Mark, Pastor Amy, for allowing us the privilege of being here. It is a great honor always. And again, I told you you'd get tired of hearing it. It is one of the highlights of our year. It's just right above our anniversary and our birthdays. It's just, it's right. <laughs> My wife said, what are we going to do for our anniversary? I said, let's go preach at Pastor Mark's. And she says, oh, come on, Nam. I'm kidding. She did not say that. She did not say that. Well, that whole section is really angry tonight. <laughs> I give honor where honor's due. He's like, oh, he rudely interrupted me. Anyway, I love you guys. Thank God for life, church. Brother Kenneth E. Hagan uh, gave this vision out and had this vision in 1963. And I want to read it to you tonight because the message that I have for you, and I'm, I'm going to go ahead and just take my time, all right? It's okay with you if I do that because you've been stuck in the house for how many months? You ought to be thanking God Almighty. you got a building you can congregate in. Uh, what do you got to get home to do? Finish Netflix? All of it? <laughs> oh, come on now. Brother Kenneth E. Hagin said this, Yea, the hand of the Lord was upon me, and the Spirit of God moved upon me. The voice of God spoke unto me and said, Come up, come up hither, son of man. I went up, as it were, up into the air and stood with him, the head of the church, even the Lord Jesus Christ, in the air. And as I looked down upon the ground, I could see as a map laid out before me the entire nation, all the states of the continental United States. Remember, this was in 1963. And as I looked, he said, Behold, son, and I shall show you that which shall come to pass, and that which the eyes of many shall see. And they shall remember that their ears heard that it shall come to pass. For there came a dark hand out of the ocean from the east. Even from the Atlantic Ocean, it came up out of the sea as a hand. And as it rose up into the air, it became a dark cloud, and it filled the whole atmosphere. Yea, and it swept into like a storm at sea. And I said, O Lord, O Lord, O Lord, what's the meaning of this? And he spake unto me and said, Son, this is the darkness of atheistic communism that is sweeping across your nation. Hmm. Even in the minds of men in high places and politicians with great power, and this nation shall not grow more strong, and you shall not have more liberty than you have now. But liberties that you've known and you've seen shall be seized and taken from you. And I looked again, and I could see upon the mountain a blotch as though a bottle of ink had spilled and spread out over several states in the south and east. And then I looked, and I could see uh, spots splotched all over the map. And I said, Lord, what means this? And he said, communistic-inspired hatred among the races shall cause greater turmoil than your nation has ever seen before. Yea, it is not the will of God, but men's hearts are perverse, and they walk without the love of God and seek to have their own way, and so shall it be worse than you have ever seen and I said oh Lord is there a remedy is there a remedy what shall the answer be and he said unto me evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse and deceived many being deceived and then I said oh Lord do we have nothing to look forward to in the future except the darkness the blackness war destruction and evil by the way if we stop right now it's not good but just hold on 
And he said, son of man, forget not your text for the, uh, you look at the things not seen. The title of his message at that time was looking at things unseen. And so then I looked into the spirit realm and I saw falling upon the mountain, a ball of fire from heaven. The closer to the earth, the bigger it got. And then when it came to the earth, it divided into smaller fireballs and sparks of fire and it fell upon men. And I saw an army of men rise up. And it seemed as though their hands were like fire. And there sat upon the heads a tongue of fire. And when I first saw it, it seemed like their whole heads were consumed with fire. But it was tongues of fire leaping. And I said, what does this mean? And he said, before the worst shall come and the day of darkness encompasses, there will be those who shall go and who shall carry the fullness of my truth and the fire. Not only to the states of this nation, but to many other places. For there is a work that must must be done first spiritually before the Lord shall come. Now pre prepare your hearts for the time is at hand and the beginning is now and you shall see and you shall know for the hand of the Lord is upon you and many of you shall be used in these last days and the work shall progress. Hallelujah to Jesus. Hallelujah to Jesus. Not only is this I believe for our own church at home, but I also believe that this prophecy is for this church right here in Idaho. And I said to him, O Lord, may I have a small place to work? And he said, I shall cause your tent to be enlarged. Yea, those shall have many have an enlarged ministry, and you shall minister to many where, you're minister, where you have just ministered to in a few. Therefore, go ye back to the earth, be faithful, give forth that which I tell you to give, and, uh, uh, for you have been reluctant in days gone by to tell it. Now tell it boldly and speak it truthfully, for now is the day, and it shall be so. Oh, hallelujah, praise God, praise God, yes, yes, yes. For the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, The prophetic vision shall be restored unto the church. Mm. For even in the days of old, under the old covenant, the prophet would see by vision and prophesy, and so the prophetic vision shall be restored unto the church. And this is the time, and this is the hour, and this is the place. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So tonight, my message to impart, not just to preach, but to impart into this church, it's time to rise up. Mm. Somebody say it with me. It's time to rise up. Touch three people and tell them rise up. Yeah, yeah. Take those rubber gloves off. Touch them. Rise up, rise up. Turn with me, if you would, to Ephesians chapter 2. Always an honor to be here. My wife and I have actually gained, as well as my, my beautiful daughter, who I want to introduce as well, many, many dear friends from this church. And uh, for that, we're very grateful. Uh, this is my 12-year-old. What happened? My God, you were like born just recently. 12 years old. Honey, would you please stand up? This is Miss Cassidy Elise. 12 years old. You don't have to put the camera on her. It's just me with longer hair. And less facial hair. Oh, but there's coming a day. No, I'm kidding. <laughs>
I apologize for saying, sir, lift your hands to a couple of you ladies earlier. I apologize about that. I didn't mean to offend you. It's just I'd never seen such a beautiful beard in all my life in some of you ladies. But anyway, quarantine is not good for anybody. Can we agree with this? All right, it's time. So this is what it felt like for Jesus when he was getting hung on the cross, right? Okay. Very, very brutal. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 5 through 7, it says this, Even when we were dead in sins, he had quickened us together with Christ. By grace you are saved, and he hath raised us up together. Underline that. He has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. I know that's a mouthful, but let's, let's clean up the King James a little bit here. This is so good. He has raised us up already together. You already can't help it. There's this power on the inside of you that keeps wanting to lift you up because the Holy Ghost only knows how to keep going up, going up, rising up. How many of you have the Holy Ghost in here? Well, then you know this can't keep you down. By the way, like I was telling the students last night, corona is a name. You may never have heard of it till today or even uh, this time that we live in in 2020, but that doesn't matter. Did you know the name of Jesus? The greatest name is the name of Jesus, and no matter what name comes up now or in the future, it doesn't matter. That name has to bow to Jesus' name. That is the greatest name that we have, and he is our Savior. He's the one that took us and said, I don't like where you are. I don't like what you're in. I don't like darkness surrounding people that I know I've created. So I'm going to go down and exchange my light and your darkness. I'm going to give you my light. I'm going to take your position. I'm going to take on your darkness. I'm going to take on your sickness. I'm going to take on your disease. I'm going to put it into my body, and I'm going to die for everybody, past, present, and future, like it's you right now. And then I'm going to do something better, past, present, and future. I'm going to give you me and give you eternal life, eternal life, and have it more abundantly if you'll receive it. So listen to this. He then changes your position where you're seated right now, right here in Meridian, Idaho, where you're seated right now in Life Church. You're just as much seated with him in heavenly places right now too. So while you're seated here, you're also seated in heaven. But it gets even better. While he's seated in heaven, he's now sitting in you because greater is he that is in you than he that's in this world. I don't know if I'm in the right place tonight or not. He raised us up together to sit together. That means it's done. The job is done. You don't take a seat until the job is done. So no matter what tries to come against you, it is finished. Come on, we see it prophetically in Luke chapter 4. When he came out of the wilderness, he went into the temple. He found in the place where it was written, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He didn't just go to the scarlet thread where they always read from. He is the scarlet thread and went to read prophetically about who he is. They would go in the temple. As you know, you've been taught well with one of the greatest Bible teachers I know is Brother Mark. And he has taught this, I'm sure. Culturally, they would go into the temple and they would read at the last place that it was left off where they put the scarlet thread or the ribbon. And then they'd find open, open up the scroll where that thread is and begin to read back on or just continue on 
on where it was before, which became a very religious, ritualistic tradition. But Jesus came to break religion. Jesus came to break tradition. He, became to, he came as the new ritual. And he didn't just read where it was last left off. He brought them up to speed where it is now. And he said, ha-ha, he said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He ended up going on and prophesying, but for sake of time, he shuts the book. He didn't shut it where the scarlet thread was. It's where the new thread was. He shut the book and did what? He sat down. It was a prophetic utterance visually that when you sit down, what he just said is done and fulfilled. Ah, stop praying to get him to do something he's already done. Come on, instead of praying for him to heal you, rejoice, he already did it. Instead of you praying and saying, Lord, help my finances, I was furloughed or I was laid off or whatever, you ought to get excited about that. I know it's a pain right now in the rump roast, but listen to me. He is positioning you to get you out of that which was going to keep you making less money and position you now into making more money to that next thing that's opening up. What would happen if you would rejoice and know that the spirit of grace, the spirit of Jesus, when you begin to rejoice, has already positioned you in heavenly places and it's got to affect your earthly places mm. Mm. go to Romans chapter 8 here if you would somebody say I am seated with him, seated with him. Right, now, right now in heavenly places, in heavenly places. and it affects, it affects all my earthly places Maybe it'll help you say, it is finished. Yeah, that was beautiful. <laughs> the devil has said through a doctor's report, you're not going to make it. I'm sorry, it is finished. What is finished? Before that doctor's report ever popped up to me, Jesus said, it is finished. And he's given you the words to say it is finished because we're engrafted together. That means when you begin to rise up and speak his word and engrafted like it's your word, the devil can't tell if it's you saying it or God Almighty saying it. So when you rise up and say it is finished, you better mean it. You better rejoice like you believe it and know this with where you're seated is the right place that if you have to get up and rise up, that's the best place to stand up before the night's over. Some of you are going to rise up on the inside here. Some of you are going to rise up in here. And some of you are going to rise up out here. And nobody's going to be able to stop you from praising God and rejoicing because revelation is going to click. And you're going to say, bless God for me and my family. We are rising up. As for me and my church, we're rising up. I'm done dealing with this virus. I'm done dealing with the lies. I'm done dealing with my ex-boss. I'm rising up to a newness of life. I'm rising up to a new level. I am seated with him, and I'm taking my stand. I'm rising up. Somebody say, I'm rising up. Mm. Romans chapter 8. Oh, I love this. This whole chapter is awesome. Verse 10, and if Christ be in you, is he in you tonight? Then he's in you tomorrow. He's in you the next day. If Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. Verse 11, but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, say he does. Yeah. 
Say, he lives in me. He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that lives in you and I. You want to know how when scripture gets old to you, when you hear that scripture right there and you just stare. Put that up again, verse 11. And I want you to read this with me. Look at that. Man, the side of my hair looks cool. I'm totally kidding. Stop being upset. It looks all right. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus, come on, do you understand? The Holy Ghost only knows how to take you out of the muck and the the mire and the, the most terrible circumstances that you could ever face. He only knows how to raise you up. Why? Because the Holy Ghost is resurrection power. Ha, ha, ha. He has raised Christ from the dead and he'll also give life to your body and through his spirit who dwells in you. That means you have already everything that's needed to rise up, to come alive, to see newness of life, to breathe new life into something, to speak fire into the dry places, the dead places, the cold places. You've got resurrection. You're not hearing me. You've got the third person of the God head living on the inside of you which means this the same spirit that was with Jesus is now with you and I the same spirit that saw the withered arm stretch forth is the one who's got that experience living in you the same spirit that was in Jesus when they hung him on the cross who saw the worst, most vile, painful, brutal beatings and death that anyone's ever imagined is the same one that lives on the inside of you going, come on, you got this. Come on, I was with Jesus and he's traded himself out for you. You've got this. He then went to the Father, sat down at the right hand of him and then made a place for you and now he put me in you. You've got this. Somebody ought to say, I got this. Somebody say, Life Church Church. is rising up up. to a new level, to a new new realm. realm. Therefore, I am am. rising up. up. (laughs) Oh, somebody shout about it for a minute. Hey, can I get some more? Praise God. If that would have stood up. But it didn't. Thank you, Pastor. Since we have resurrection power on the inside of us, he'll never lead you to not rise up. Should I say that again, Pastor Bill? How did you throw your voice into women over here like that? That's probably the most supernatural thing I've ever heard. Your prophetic voice identifies as other women over here. (laughs) Oh, my God, I know. Oh, we got to hurry up and go home and watch the news. Let me hurry. Since we have resurrection power on the inside of us, the Holy Spirit only knows how to lead us into rising up. Hmm. Turn with me to Mark chapter 5. I don't want to take too much of your time because I'd like to lay hands on some more people. 
And this time, those that really need it. Last night, we saw ears open, ears healed. Knees were restored. Is that you, brother? Come on up here. Give your testimony. Do we have a mic? A Michael? Oh, my God. <laughs> I would have dove to catch that because I know how expensive these oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> what's your name? My name is Zach. Zach, what's your last name? Wolf. Where are you from? Uh, here in Nampa, Idaho. Okay, what's your social? <laughs> because right now we have a new great rate we want to offer you. Now, anyway, so what happened last night, Brother Zach? Um, so I was tested for hearing uh, a while back and uh, found out that I didn't have normal hearing. I raised my hand last night, came up, got prayed for, and uh, it was like I was speaking in her microphone because my voice, even to myself, was just so elevated. And uh, after you prayed for me last night, I'd like... Everybody was telling me I was like, I was launched through the air by the Spirit. Like, I was just like. Yeah, I did, we did. When we prayed for him, it was like he came up off his feet and flew back. <laughs> it was yep. amazing. It's never happened like that before. Let's, let's try that again. Right, right about here. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Fire of the Holy Ghost. Help me, dear God. Some, somebody that ushes, could you help me? Fire! What was that? Hey, you just stay here and get all you need. You heard me, right? Praise the Lord. Praise God. Did I? <laughs> I would never judge somebody that has all the fruit that you do. But why is the usher two miles that way the one that? I'm sorry, brother. You didn't even. Why? You're over there seated in heavenly places. And... Fire. The only reason why maybe it's not hitting you yet like this is you got to be honest. Do I really want it? I encourage you to hunger and thirst after it. Hallelujah. And I want to say publicly also, my dear friends, Pastor Doug and Kate, thank you guys for having us in the last three years to do that awesome kids camp. Man. Are there any of the kids that have been in those camps here tonight? If that's you, shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Hey, were those awesome meetings or what? I guess not. But anyway, it, <laughs> it changed my life. But thank you. Thank you for allowing us now to move on to the youth group. Thank you, Pastor PJ. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait. I love PJ. He's awesome. And, and he's really, he's big, isn't he? He's a large man. <laughs> When I saw him come up on camera, I was like, there was a total eclipse of me. I'm not like super tiny, but I am. Nah, praise God. Mark chapter 5, hopefully you don't have to turn there. You can stay. In verse 21, and when Jesus was, these should be familiar passages, passages of Scripture. 
Oh, Jesus. When he was passed over again by a ship unto the other side, much people gathered unto him, and he was nigh unto the sea. And behold, there came one. My God, Zach, it got to Catholic level in here. It's so quiet. We'll have none of that. You'll get that later. Thank you, Doug. And behold, there came one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. And when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. And he besought Jesus greatly, saying, My little daughter, she lies at the point of death, and I pray that you come and lay your hands on her, that she may be healed and that she will live. And Jesus went unto him, and he went with him, and much people followed him and thronged him. And a certain woman, which had an issue of blood for 12 years, suffered many things of many physicians, had spent all that she had and was nothing better, but rather grew worse, when she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment. Now, before we go on any further, let's look and see what happened with Jairus. Jairus' daughter is at the point of death. I know what that feels like. I would never wish that upon any parent in this room or anywhere. The first person we saw raised from the dead is that little girl right over there whispering into my wife's ear, what's the password to life, church? (laughs) It's what dads do. We're anointed to feed off of the children's embarrassment. It gives us this weird energy. So one of the most embarrassing things that ever happened to her, I'm kidding, I'm just kidding, don't panic, don't freak out, somebody's like, ow, but anyway, she was the first person that we saw raised from the dead, she ended up getting the worst case of croup cough that the, uh, the doctor had ever seen, I was ministering at Rama Bible Church that night actually, and uh, Pastor Hagen came up after the message and he said, you know, your little girl, you know, they just rushed her to the hospital and, you know, we're going to pray, and I was very grateful for that, but he said, now go get the information from uh, Miss Lynette and, and then go out, they're taking her to St. Francis uh, by hospital, uh, I don't know, did you all take her or was it an ambulance, you you and your mom, okay. So I'm ministering. She stayed at home, and she wasn't doing good. She had been messing around with some stuff for the last couple of weeks. And so we get there and, and whatnot. I was holding on to a prayer cloth. I remember putting it into her little gown, and I remember she had not opened her eyes, according to what she had said. They had the mask and everything on her. And when I got to the room, um, you know, I, I put that on her, and she opened up her eyes, and I said, it's going to be all right. You've got to say these things and know these things by faith. Because that circumstance right there, even though the outcome, a lot of you are like, what happened? Well, it's right there. <laughs> and you wanted to go watch Netflix. This is way better than your Tiger King series, so hold on. <laughs> you, you thought that was funny. <laughs> but so we went to the hospital, and there she was. She opened up her eyes. I said, honey, everything's going to be all right. Now, in my, my head... I was really trusting God that it was. In my heart, I wasn't letting go. She's still here. She's breathing. I'm taking care of business. Amen. And so uh, they ended up taking her to ICU. The doctor came immediately. We had a lot of favor to get her right in. It was an emergency situation. She wasn't breathing right. And the doctor said, the x-rays all show she has the worst case of croup. It looks like this claw is around her neck. And I said, I know what that stinking claw is, and I rebuke it in Jesus' name. And I said, is everything going to be all right? And his bed manners were good and everything, but uh, I could tell when he left. I said, he wasn't very encouraging, was he? 
I said, that didn't sound right, but it didn't matter. Whose report will I believe? You have the choice. Do you understand every single day you are faced with something that wants to cause you to change your position? A report, an attitude, somebody at Walmart, dear God, every day. You know how they got all those directions now in the lanes and all the arrows and everything? Yeah, and we live near a town called Broken Arrow. So, I mean, we don't know if we're coming or going in there, and there's a lot of gang fights just between family members that you didn't even know were bangers, but they're also, it's the worst. Walmart shoppers are worse than Bloods and Crips. But anyway. <laughs> One night, we saw her, uh, it was late, it was really late. It was dark, it gets eerie dark in there. That's why they have these horror films about these guys in masks walking around the halls. It's just late at night, and, and it was dark, it was crazy. And all of a sudden, I look over and I said, look, Cassidy's standing up in her, her bubble crib. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. So I went over there and I pulled back the, the bubble, you know, and, and she has all these wires and everything. And as soon as I get to her, she drops and collapses and you hear the most god-awful sound that pierces your heart. I looked over at her, and I, I just said, I ran out to the hall. She grabbed Cassidy out of the crib and was yelling the name of Jesus, the greatest name of all. I went to the hall. I wanted some natural help, too, because, you know, I mean, we're going to do all of it. We're going to hit it on all levels. And I looked out, and they were already running, like seven or eight of them, all running. And the blue lights are going, and code blue, code blue, and all of that. And it's terrifying, honestly, to know that that's about your daughter. But I'm not letting go. I mean, I'm not. I did not. I mean, the devil had been messing with me. It doesn't matter what he was saying. But either way, she went over there, and she, she said, Jesus, we went over there and grabbed her together. And she kicks and looks up at us like, what's up? I said, what do you mean, what's up? <laughs> no, I mean, the doctors all came in, all the texts, they checked her out and everything, and they said, what's going on? I mean, you don't run if there's a code blue, right? And they were looking and said, all of this showed that she had just flatlined what happened. The next day, the doctor said, we're gonna release her because we can't find anything wrong, but be sure that every year after this, that stuff is in her body. She will deal with croup the rest of her life. I said out loud, I said, no, she won't in Jesus' name. Now, I'm not being rude to the doctor. I was just saying it out loud. He's got the right to say he's his own professional. He practices medicine. I don't practice being a son of God. I am one. And I said, in the name of Jesus, she will not have it. And to this day, she has never hardly even had sniffles. Thank you. Jesus, I'll praise you if no one else will. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Now, what was easier was to raise her from the dead than it was to actually raise her in real life. So anyway, praise <laughs> the Lord. Jairus comes and I, it falls down. Who wants to be Jesus in here tonight for the illustration? You, you do? I don't want somebody prideful. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding, brother. Come on up here. Brother with the black hat, can I use you with the, as J. Iris? Okay. All right. Jesus, come on up here. What's your name? Jordan. Jordan. Okay, I love your river. All right, so what's your name, sir? Slater. Slater. Love that name. Okay, 
Jesus here, Slater here. This is Jesus, and this is Jairus. Jairus, I want you to go over there. Okay, now you're Jairus, you're gonna come and run and fall down at his feet, don't tackle him, but you're gonna fall down at Jesus' feet and you're gonna be beseeching him greatly, like begging him, okay? Which is a lot of word of faith people's prayers, by the way. <laughs> Stop begging somebody that willfully did it for you and gave it to you already. He has given us all things pertaining to life and godliness. So let's learn to start rejoicing for what he's already given us. Okay, Jairus, take one, go. Yeah, more, more action, more passion. Jesus, don't look at the camera, that's an amateur role. Jairus, come on, get into it, your daughter. Come on, I know what that feels like. Beg him, beseech him. Jesus, more compassion, bless God. <laughs> so you guys mouth the words while I give the script. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Jesus, you've got to come. My daughter is at the point of death. Bleepin', bleepin', would you bleepin', bleepin'? No, I'm sorry, that's... Jay Iris was from the synagogue, not the hood. Okay, so... He said... <laughs> Come and heal my daughter. Jesus said, I will. And he grabs him by the hand, and he changes the position of Jay Iris. Jay Iris was here but the spirit of the life of Christ Jesus raised him up. Oh, come on, somebody. What caused Jairus to rise up? What caused Jairus to rise up was the revelation and the assurance that Jesus was with him. Jesus isn't just with you, friends. He's in you. Oh, you've got the revelation and assurance to rise up in any situation because Jesus is in you and he's with you. Somebody say amen. Come on, somebody say, I'm rising up. Glory to God. And then we see now, Jairus, you got to hang, but I need a woman with an issue of blood. Not really, but somebody that can act according. Would you like to be her? The only reason I assumed is because you were going. <laughs> All right, <laughs> come on up. Let's give her a hand. What's your name? Lori. Okay, Lori. Lauren. Lauren. That's yeah. even better. Sorry if your name was Lori. That's not... okay. Oh, y'all know each other. <laughs> I'm getting more revelation. I had no idea that Jay Iris was related to the woman <laughs> with the with the issue of blood. Okay, now. Sorry for this, but it's good because, you know, right here, you can just pretend to be coming up on them from behind, okay? All right? So you don't have to actually crawl because we're just, this is, yeah, you're in position. You and J Jesus are now turning, and you're going to pretend to start walking that way. So you just pretend, to, there you go. Yeah, mm -hmm. No, you don't have to, but you can, 
You're together, he's with you, and okay. Now pretend you're walking, all right. So the woman with the issue of blood has heard about Jesus, heard that Jesus is the healer. And because she has heard that he's the healer and she no longer has any other hope than Jesus, I don't ever wanna encourage anybody in here to wait till you're so desperate that you finally need him. Realize you need him all the time, amen? But the woman with the issue of blood then decides that I'm gonna go out and touch the hem of his garment. Now you're, you're familiar with who Jesus is, right? Okay, so now she's gonna start coming up from behind. You got to, you know, all right, come on, get, get into it, girl. <laughs> woman, woman with the issue of blood sneaking up on Jesus, part one. No, 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 back up, you need to get lower. All right, ready? Take, no, no, no crawling, you can do this. Take two, your knees will even be healed, I promise. Watch this, here we go. Dump, 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 dump. Jehovah. All right. She touches the hem of his garment and then backs off quickly and starts to realize, lift your hands and praise him, that virtue and power has come out of Jesus. She didn't even touch him. She only touched the garment. That shows you another scripture where the anointing can go into clothing. She touches the hem of his garment, feels in her body that she was healed instantly of that plague. She's back there praising, but she has to slip away. I don't want to get into all the whole culture of everything and how it was so dangerous, but it was a dangerous thing for her to do, to slip up in public with her condition, touch the hem of Jesus' garment, and then feel that the power came out of him. Jesus stops walking whips around and says, is this a Bible school student? I need a ruling, is he, is he in the school? He's going to first year again. Okay. Jesus, you need a line or you got it? You got it, all right. Should I turn around first? No, 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 just follow the directions. Here we go. <laughs> Jesus feeling virtue come out of him, take two. And Jesus feeling the power come out of him, turns around in the press and says, Who touched me? Ooh, we should write a song. <laughs> and she comes up running up to him because he makes eye contact with her. So you come running up to him, fall down at his feet, tell him all the truth. Okay, so pretend you're telling him all the truth. First time in your life telling the truth. But here we go. Now watch this. This man right here, his daughter's at home dying. She's not in the position his daughter's in. So here he's on his way to see a miracle hopefully happen for his daughter, but is stopped by somebody who seems to have lesser of an issue. He's mad, he's upset, but I'm sure he's not sitting there saying it to Jesus. But come on, dads, if you found Jesus finally and you finally found that he'll come and be with you and go and possibly heal your daughter, are you gonna be a little upset that this lady stopped Jesus when they were all right, first come, first serve? <laughs> he then takes her by the hand and says, daughter, daughter? What, is she, what does he say first year? 
Your faith has made you. Are you taking notes, Pastor? <laughs> Daughter, your faith has made you whole. There, you're doing great, Zach. Now, He's like, great, she's healed. Great, that's wonderful. This is great. What about my daughter? In the meantime, a messenger comes running up and says, trouble the master no further. Your daughter's at home. She's dead. That means, honestly, he left the house and must have, she must have passed away just shortly after that. Are you following this? It turns out good. I said, are you following this? Come on now. This is gonna help some of you in the situation you're in. Your daughter may not, you may not have a daughter, you may not, but these situations, they'll help you if you'll pay attention. Jairus then looks at Jesus with this desperation of hearing the news of his daughter's passing, and he said, be not afraid, only believe. But see, something happened before this news came to Jairus, the woman with the issue of blood. She had a position. For, get down on your knees there real quick. She's there telling him all the truth, but something happened in the process. Jesus took her by the hand, raised her up, and changed her position. She rose up. Oh, somebody help me with this. What caused this woman with the issue of blood to change positions and rise up? With Jairus, what changed his position, he had the assurance and the revelation that Jesus was with him. She now has the revelation that the faith that she had in Jesus raised her up. Come on. He gets to Jairus' house. And you need to get used to this, Zach. You're going to be on the stage, and you'll learn the Scripture more by then. Teasing. Are you still looking it up? Zach, Jesus, Jordan, Slater, Lori, Lauren, I don't care. I'm just like God. It's, it's Abram. No, you're Abraham. I call you what I want, and it'll be so. We don't want to leave your daughter dead, so here we go. They start going and walking to Jairus' house. They get to Jairus' house. Jairus kicks out all of the mourners that are in there doing their, their weeping. They were professional weepers. I know you've been taught this. They were there basically celebrating death. Did you know there are people that celebrate death? We should be those that celebrate and bring life. Yeah. Mourning leads you to the wrong direction. Grieving takes you to the wrong direction. I'm not saying you don't have a time or a season there where you're just, you're not doing good and you're grieving because of a, a lost one that, that you, whatever, but don't stay there. Come on, get the hope of knowing that you will see them again. Come on. All right, that, that's a word for somebody in here. And so here, they get to the house and his little 12-year-old daughter is there dead. And he said, she's not dead, she's simply asleep. See, Jesus does not look at death like you and I do. Because you can't look at death, which is the extreme opposite of who you are, and ever call that finality when he's getting ready to put it under his feet for once and for all. It is a defeated enemy, hallelujah. But he gets to their house, he kicks out all the, uh, the mourners, and wow, is this helping you? Come on now. He gets in there and he rises, raises her up, okay? He grabs her by the hand, says, telleth I kumai in the name of Jesus, he said basically, in my name, rise up. And when she rose up, they all marveled 
And the parents, Jairus and Mrs. Jairus, were hugging on their daughter and were so excited. But she was in one state, she was in one position, but Jesus reached down and raised her up. So that means even if you've got a vision that's not come to pass, even if you have a dream that you think is just dying on the vine, even if you've had goals that you're thinking now because of this virus, it'll never come to pass. Stop letting something that Jesus put on the cross. Stop letting something that Jesus buried in hell. Stop letting something rise up that doesn't deserve to have resurrection in your life and start using the resurrection power that God has given you and start calling your dreams forth. Start calling that thing alive. Start calling those goals to come up and rise up in the name of Jesus. Somebody shall rise up. I said somebody shall rise up. What caused Jairus' daughter to rise up? It was the hand of the Lord, the command of Jesus, and the word of his power. Don't just read this one a day and say, well, I got, I got through my little one a day plus iron Bible today. I just got through my reading and I've read through the Bible. I don't care how much you've read if you don't have any fruit of it. Lift your hands right where you're at. This church is an end time church. It's a powerhouse church. And Lord, I ask you right now,